0: we have basketball real
1: actual basketball as the preseason is now underway i cannot wait to like get in here and start to get ready for what i think is going to be an incredible season we're going to sit down with the man responsible for putting
0: it all together On the courts.
1: I'm just very, very anxious and excited to begin again.
0: Entering his seventh season as head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown, our guest on this episode of the
1: Broadcast.
0: Yes, it has been great to get back in the gym in Camden this week. See a little hoops. Guys getting up and down on the floor. I mean, from my standpoint, it's simply been nice to have some fresh storylines to talk and write about. New year, new faces, and with that comes new themes. Although the expectations surrounding the Sixers for better results in the next eight months or so ahead, you can make the case are even higher than what they were this time last year. Brian Seltzer welcoming you back to the broadcast, or welcoming you to the broadcast for the first time if you are a new listener. If you are, either way, regardless of what category you fall into, thank you very much for checking out this episode of the podcast. To subscribe, all you got to do is go to any one of your favorite podcast hosting platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever it is. Just type in Sixers Podcast Network, and that will bring you to our feed. And now that the preseason is underway, I think we're probably going to have at least one fresh episode for you each week, if not more. So do be on the lookout. We'll hear from Brett Brown momentarily, but first, it has been a crazy start to the week. Well, I guess the week's almost over now. Perhaps better put, the week started in crazy fashion. You had Media Day on Monday at the training complex. So much activity buzzing. National media members in the house. People like Rachel Nichols, Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst, Shams Charania. Just really cool to see Camden become a hub of activity for Media Day and hype going into the NBA preseason. So there was Media Day Monday, first practice of training camp on Tuesday. So I want to get started by taking stock of some of the very first impressions we're getting of the 2019 2076 76ers. Last we saw Joel Embiid, a tough moment for him. Very emotional at the end of Game 7 in the second round against the Toronto Raptors. Following an offseason of hard work, the big man is ready to rock. My life is a movie. Everything happens so fast, and uh, I don't know, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Uh, I never thought I would have been in that situation, and I'm really thankful. Joel's got a new do with braided cornrows. Shed some pounds over the summer for what figures to be a really big year ahead. It was definitely a really big summer for Ben Simmons. Coming off his first All-Star season, and he's now got a new long-term deal.
1: I'm happy to be here for another five years. I don't really want to be anywhere else, obviously. Uh, So I'm excited about what, what we have going on. I'm excited about the new guys coming in. Um, I think we have a real special opportunity to do something you know, major here.
0: Yeah, and it's been really nice to hear about Simmons and his leadership through the first early part of training camp. That was something that he talked about in his finals press conference of last year following the second-round exit to the Toronto Raptors, trying to become a better leader. And by all accounts, that seems to be the case so far. I encourage you to check out Lauren Rosen's write-up on Ben Simmons and his leadership. Along with Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris also inked the contract this offseason. And he's been around a little bit over the summer. He was on the court even before the preseason officially started.
1: It's just been good because you see that everybody's open to feedback and open to criticism and just understanding each other's personalities, but also understanding each other's game.
0: What can Tobias Harris do in a more featured role? We're going to start to find out a really important subplot for the Sixers this year. You know, I really just can't believe that Al Horford is here. It's amazing that he's in 76ers red, white, and blue for Horford, the guy who formerly donned the green and white the last couple seasons. The reasons to come on board here for the 76ers were evident.
1: You know, when I looked at uh, the caliber players that, that they had, Joel and Ben and, and Tobias,
0: Um, it's something that, um, that was, that was hard to overlook. Right now, spacing is something that Horford and Joel Embiid are working on at the outset of training camp. Josh Richardson, perhaps a not so secret weapon, but he figures to be an X factor for sure. And he's getting to know his new team this week. I think it's a new challenge. So, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to see, you know, where I fit, where, how our team meshes, and uh, I'm always excited for new things and new challenges to, to attack. So I know it's, it's not going to be easy starting out, uh, but, you know, the quicker we can we can figure it out and the quicker I can figure out where I fit and where I can help, I think it uh, will be the better. But it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Can't wait. I love that picture of the projected starting five at a photo station on media day, just hanging out, spreading good vibes. And one of the first opportunities to see members of that projected starting five and other guys on the roster is going to be this Saturday for the blue and white scrimmage at 76ers Fieldhouse in Wilmington, Delaware, the home of the Delaware Bluecoats of the NBA G League. And then on Tuesday, down at the brand new revamped center, so excited to get back in the building and see all the changes, including that incredible scoreboard. Tuesday, the Sixers are going to host the Guangzhou Long Lions in their preseason opener. That game is going to be at 7 o'clock, and you can look for tickets by going to Sixers.com slash tickets. So about the blue and white scrimmage that's going to be held on Saturday afternoon in Wilmington, Delaware, the idea was conceived in part by Brett Brown, set to enter his seventh season as the Sixers head coach, and before training camp got underway, had the opportunity to sit down with Brett, talk about some of the guys on the roster, his summer activities, his feelings for the year ahead. But the first thing we brought up was the blue and white scrimmage. Why don't we start with where the idea for the blue and white scrimmage came from? What inspired that?
1: We, we have always felt that to conclude training camp, no differently like than you study all week, you, you come and take a test. We, we practice all week. A great way to conclude training camp will be to play. And to have an inner squad scrimmage and let the, the, the camp, because there's still quite a number of people before you make final cuts, um, 20 to be exact, you have an opportunity to play, you know, a legitimate type of, you know, scrimmage game with your own team. And it can culminate into all the teaching and implementation of defense, offense, whatever, at the end of the week into a fun environment. You know, they can play a game. And so we have played that in different places Uh, recently at the Palestra, you know, try to like have great interaction with, uh, with the fans in the city. And this year we're really excited to be able to take it to Delaware and just show the the importance and the partnership that we have with our G League program in Delaware. And um, that will culminate the camp and tip off sort of the launching pad of our new season. And uh, we're really excited to uh, to bring this event to, uh, to our partners down in Delaware.
0: Tell me a little bit more about your impressions of the 76ers Fieldhouse, because you were there for a game and I guess Common perception is that development leagues, minor leagues—that's going through the trenches. But down there, I mean, that facility is spectacular. So simply speak to the
1: facility and, and what having something like that does to benefit the overall program. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I was blown away at the uh, the professionalism of the event. You know, I can talk to you about the actual court, but what we should talk a little bit more about was. You know, something as simple as the ease of parking and getting to the building and parking and having a professional sort of, you know, concourse that you're going through to get to an incredibly professional court. And then you see, you know, off on the sideline, there's some strength and conditioning areas and you look look up and you see, you know, kind of a skybox thing looking down on the court that sponsors can be a part of and, you know, administration can be a part of. And then you see... You know, just a, a, a like a college-type program, a college-type atmosphere, venue that you're sitting at watching a high-level game. You know, of a bunch of players that want to go play in the NBA one day, and and many have. And so all over the place, like you drive down there, you're not really sure what to expect, and that's what you get. And, you know, I look back at sort of our days at, at you know, our old stomping grounds prior to us coming to this this mecca you know this glorious basketball temple that that's a hell of a venue for a g-league program and the trenches don't come to my mind when you start talking about what path did you take there's no hard knocks that are happening with with uh, the bluecoats they're in a very professional environment i feel like uh, I, always, I remember you telling lots of stories about how you would go to the boston garden
0: growing up and taking pictures with your camera and that sort of thing. Um, What do you think something like the blue and white scrimmage would do for a young fan? Just how intimately fans can be involved and see the team be that close. I mean, you know, if you situate yourself in the mind of a family who might not be able to get to all these sold-out games, what do you hope they they get from the blue and white scrimmage?
1: I mean, first, what you just said, the opportunity, whereas they may not have this opportunity, the opportunity to... You know, see Joel and and, and get close to Ben Simmons and watch Tobias' Harris Gifts up close. And see somebody like Al Horford that we used to battle with, you know, in a competitive way with the Celtics a rivalry. You know, and to just see it and feel it and just be a part of that atmosphere. I, I think for any, you know, young coach, you know, young, young, young person... Even adult, like it's an experience if that's not something that you're accustomed to, having the opportunity to go to NBA games all the time. And so that thing that we just talked about is is really important. it's uh, it's that that saying you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. we want to go down there and you know, give a good performance and respect the audience and and give something back in our own way to to that part of you know our relationship, our partnership with with Delaware. That's the first thing. And the second thing is to to make a very defined statement, like we treat this program that we're working with seriously. It is a feeder system. You know, m- my old coach now is the head coach, and we share you know ideas, and 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 they implement our system, and we can bring you know, Zaire back and forth, maybe Matisse back and forth, you know, Furkan, whatever it is, it is like it's a real relationship. And so those two things most resonate when you say, you know, ultimately what's the objective of the event? Those two are most important to me. Start with Tobias Harris. What were your thoughts when you found out that Tobias re-signed
0: and was coming back to the team?
1: I mean, first and foremost, um, just an amazing teammate you know a plus human being um incredibly prideful on wanting to get better wanting to win um a talented 26 year old 20, you know going on 27 that just annually has gotten better like his upward trend his upward mobility to improve has been his sort of trademark over the years. You know, did you make a good investment in in, in rewarding him with the contract that we did? And my answer is unequivocally, quickly, yes. He just ticks boxes all over the place from skill perspectives, from human perspectives, from teammate perspective, and there's an upside. So, you know, all those things came to my mind when um, he agreed to terms with us. Off the
0: court, like, he's doing these clinics like, not just basketball clinics, like your wellness, yoga. What are you reading when he has like kids there? Get me uh, some stuff on like what you learned about Tobias, human being off the court that distinguishes him.
1: Well, well, just go to his charities. You know, go to where he invests some of his money. Go to where he invests some of his time it's a it's a very real snapshot into who he is you know he doesn't have to do this stuff lots of NBA people don't do this stuff he chooses to do this stuff and he feels clearly a responsibility to give back like he there's there's a piece of him that he's very mindful of this is calculated it's not by mistake and, uh, you know, you give credit to, for sure, his family, his parents, how he was obviously raised. And then at some point, all of us that have children, they leave the home and the world sort of shapes them. And he's been shaped, you know, by both standards in an incredible way to me. And, uh, you know, this is my 20th year now in the NBA. And you've had a chance to see a bunch of different personalities and mindsets. And he, he is as as special as I have been around.
0: Shifting to uh, a new guy, Josh Richardson. Tell us what you know about Josh Richardson.
1: Good people, you know, genuine. There's an authentic part of him that I'm incredibly attracted to. Like you speak to teammates and his old coaches and I've downloaded them all. You know, anybody that had some level of contact with him, I am always like, what do you think? Like, what can I do? to help him you know all that type of stuff and i think the notion that he loves to play defense just love it gets me really going really excited he he not by sort of uh um purposeful um instruction it kind of just evolved he ended up maybe miami's go-to guy last year and you know is that who he is i think at times it can be but it's not like you know, for us, that's what it's going to be all the time. You got Tobias and Al and Joel and Ben, and like, I think he's going to come in and do his thing. He's going to fit in. He's going to play defense. We're going to tap into him when we should. I suspect he's going to have the smallest player on the opposition team guard him. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. But like, how do we exploit that? And you know, you combine this just good person, authentic person with that type of mindset and like that type of skill, Talk about a perfect fit sandwiched in between Tobias, Al, Joel, and Ben. That seems to work on paper and in my gut sort of uh, feel, first glance impression, just fine.
0: And for Al now to have him on this, this side of the rivalry at this stage of his career, what do you guys get from having uh, Al Horford where on the court, you, off the court?
1: Like, we're really, where do you begin? And you... You learn a lot about somebody competing against them when the, the, the stakes matter the most. And we have done that with the Celtics. And you 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 just left those games, that series, the times that, you know, I have coached against him. We've had a game plan for him. Um, it keeps you up late at night. And... Uh, he, you, you feel like you, you did a few things. You, you took something away from the Celtics that was important to them. And, you know, there is some level of a win in that capacity. Um, then you, you get him with us. And so now he's, you know, under our roof. And you, you've learned over all the years of how he has hurt us offensively, his uh, unique ability to post and pick and pop and play out of, like second side deep dribble handoff action, pick and roll action. So like you get that. I think he was one of the toughest defensive players guarding Joel for Joel. I think Joel would admit that too. And so, you know, win, win, win. And, and now he's a Philadelphia 76er and uh, sort of like, oh, by the way stuff, he's just like an A plus person. Like he's an incredible locker room guy, a good human being and um, You know, just thrilled to be able to uh, have an opportunity to coach him.
0: Uh, Ben, seems like he has just been very active constantly throughout the summer. Um, How much have you been following uh, his activities, basketball-related, and just everything he's done? Went back to Australia for about a month. It seems like he's had a very active summer. He,
1: He has, and I have followed it all. You know, from what he's done here in the United States uh, I was in Australia while he was in Australia, not in the same city, but in the same country, you know, following all the stuff he was doing there with his camps, etc. And, you know, he had the, the incredible experience of signing a max contract, you know, over the course of the summer. And so we easily, you know, said, this is what we think of you. Here's a max contract and the, the growth that I think that he feels he has to make and it's true to, to first just get better because he's prideful. And he's certainly aware of the responsibility that comes with you know, that, that sort of anointment of, we hope to see you for a long, long time and here's the paycheck to prove it. I think he had a fantastic sum of meshing all that tough stuff together. And, uh, you know, excited to come back and and, and lead us. Um, Our our standard, our goals are to to hold the trophy up at the end of the year. And uh, you don't cast that sentence out lightly. Uh, A lot of it is going to be put on his shoulders. He understands that. we got a great team around him, but he still is our point guard. And, um, you know, I think that he's had a fantastic summer understanding all that stuff while getting better. Some random questions. I see there's still some mud caked on
0: your Jeep. Uh, tell us where Canadian is...
1: Canadian
0: th- mud. Tell me about the summer. Where did the yeah, mud, the come, mud from? Yeah, come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're opening it up. Uh, tell me about the mud, the caked mud, and, uh, and the summer and what you guys did.
1: Um, I, I had a fantastic summer with my, my, my family. Uh, I had a chance to go for three weeks in a little beach house uh, in between Adelaide and Melbourne um, and spend some time in Australia in that environment. It's a small sort of fishing village of about a thousand people that empties out in Australia's version of the winter, which is you know our version of like October. It's not snow, it's just a little cool. And I had a great time there. Uh, I took my eighty two year old father Whitewater rafting. They, they said uh, he was the oldest person to uh, ever go down this grade five river. Um, there were times that uh, you weren't too sure if this was a wise thing, but it was effectively a, a six and a half, seven hour roller coaster that went and it went. And uh, as I said, a grave for people who whitewater raft, grade five rapids are sort of the gold standard. And the Jeep that you see in our, our uh, practice facility, parking lot, still has sort of a deep main, maybe a little bit Canadian mud cake to it, but that is a reflection, uh, a byproduct of a very deep in the woods experience with, uh, with my son and my dad and my brother-in-law and, uh, and my young nephew who uh, is a lacrosse player at Holy Cross. It was a family thing, a bonding thing that that challenged some uh, sanity, I have to say, in a in pursuit down a very rough river.
0: So was that, was that like an overnight uh, pitch a tent type thing or, or uh, camp out? Or it,
1: it, it was, no, no, because we did a few things. Like that was, and I give credit to my dad. My dad planned the whole thing out. One day um, we went sort of deep into the woods and had some, some guided boats that took us fishing in a very, very secluded lake. Um, the other day we had a chance to go over to an island and and just sort of explore this incredible part of Moosehead Lake, Mount Kinio, and, uh, had a great sort of day exploring that, walking around and just sort of like remote trails. And then the other day we had this deep in the woods, seven hour whitewater rafting experience. And we were all sort of centered in the, uh, upper main at Moosehead Lake Baxter National Park. Uh, State Park, to be exact. It's tremendous. Um, how you feeling right now? We're about, uh, or about? Or maybe
0: you can even forecast ahead. How you feeling about everything right now?
1: I mean, th- 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 this is my 20th year in the NBA. I'm going into my seventh year here in Philadelphia, and for me, sort of the compass, the the judgment of like what was your summer like. Is, is this, is if you can sort of be incredibly excited to wake up and, and, and get into this building and start working, you've probably, you know, gotten through some pains of the Toronto series, the fatigue, the normal fatigue that we all go through in NBA season, the anxiety, excitement of Elton, you know, forming the team that, that he has formed and just get ready to jump. I cannot wait to like, get in my Jeep, albeit dirty with mud, and uh, get in here and start to, to, to get ready for what I think is gonna be an incredible season. And uh, I'm just very, very anxious and excited to begin again.
0: Love that focus from Brett Brown. Love hearing stories from the head coach. Back for year number seven on the 76ers sideline. Hope you enjoyed this edition of the podcast. Again, new episodes are going to be coming more frequently now that the preseason is here. We'll also have our rewind episodes for you the day after every game, recapping all preseason and regular season, plus postseason games too. So be on the lookout. The feed's going to be more active starting right about now. Talk to you next time. Here on the broadcast.
1: See you.